Hey everybody, Coach John Daly here back again on a Thursday, July 12th, 2018. Outside in the makeshift studios here of the garage, um, our garage faces west. As you know, the sun rises in the east. It's a lot cooler out here. And uh, able to get out and get some fresh air and uh, hear some birds and uh, hopefully they won't be too loud. And got some construction going on down the street. Uh, somebody's getting some work done too. But sitting here with my dog Kirby, uh, enjoying the morning. Uh, I've already had a couple cups of coffee. Going out for a walk with him. Um, got a couple other things going on today that uh, i got to get going for, but I wanted to get this message out. Uh, great time of year, obviously summer, okay? But I enjoy uh, watching uh, Wimbledon, uh, watching, you know, the golf tournament, especially the British Open coming up, or the Open, that they call it. Um, and also this year uh, with the World Cup. It, it doesn't happen every year. The World Cup happens uh, every four years. And it is uh, enjoyable to watch. And I thought this year especially... Uh, with the U.S. not even qualifying, uh, which is a sore subject with a lot of people in our country, um, probably a whole other podcast topic there, but uh, I thought I was, was not really going to watch much of it, and I found myself being drawn uh, to some of the great drama, the great stories, the great history of some of these teams that were in it. A little disappointed England went down yesterday, um, but definitely with our family background and our love for um, France, uh, I'll be rooting for them on Sunday. Um, so again, great lessons, great stories, the characters, the individuals, all the behind-the-scenes stuff. Wimbledon, same thing, too. You look at all these different uh, players uh, in the tennis tournament over there in, in England um, from different countries, and the history again there, and the uh, battles that they have in, in different tournaments, and uh, the weight of the of entire countries on these people's shoulders, especially in soccer, too, <clears throat> excuse me, that I just find it very intriguing um, that those types of things happen in athletics because athletics offer uh, just great, great lessons. And athletics, to me, is a great mirror of life. Uh, the ups and downs, the struggles, the overcoming, the celebrations, the sadness, and all that. Um, so the one thing I really wanted to target today uh, was a little history here uh, from John Vandeveld uh, from the 1999 Open Championship at Carnoustie. And I will put a link on my Facebook page um, that you guys can follow if you don't know his story. Um, but he had a, at one point, I, th I think a five-shot lead, but he had a three-shot lead on the final hole of the final round, okay, and then he ended up losing the playoffs. And it's not just how he um, went about getting into that playoff uh, and losing it, ultimately. Uh, the, the story there was just one of the most interesting, um, sad however you want to put it, uh, crazy, um, just unscripted endings, uh, not just to a golf tournament, but obviously um, to a, a whole man's hope, whole country's hope. Uh, John Venveld was from France. Um, as far as losing a tournament, um, you know, he hit a driver uh, to this narrow fairway. And it was funny watching the clip. The special on the Golf Channel was just fantastic the other night. Um, and the one thing, the, the main message out of here, this John Vanveld um, has embraced this. He hasn't run away with, from it. Uh, he hasn't become recluse and, and, and hiding and um, dropped off the face of the earth. He faced it even when it was over, like right in the moment. Um, he faced it, you know, mentioning and how uh, this doesn't define him. He's not going to let that let this define him. Okay. Um, but anyways, everyone in the broadcast was saying, you know, why is he hitting driver? He should hit an iron, a little bit more control, doesn't have to hit it that far. 
and really getting on the caddy for not saying anything. And the, and the great part of the story is on that Golf Channel special, um, the caddy was there too. And again, this is from 1999, so it's a good number of years ago. Uh, and to get his side of the story was, was really interesting, okay? Uh, but they wanted him to be safe. Um, he actually got lucky on this drive. It was dry. There was no, it was in the rough a little bit, but it was still um, definitely playable. It's the second shot that really did him in, okay? Now, this is, again, Carnoustie is one of the toughest courses the Open has ever played at. Um, there's typically, I think, five or six venues that it keeps getting rotated through. Uh, some say Carnoustie is like climbing Mount Everest. It's, it's the ultimate, um, you know, climb, so to speak. Uh, he was going for the green with his second shot. And the, the watch in slow motion, absolutely amazing. He hit a railing on the grandstand where the crowd was sitting. Now, they described that railing about the width of your forearm, right? And then it came back and hit the edge, the top edge of this little brick wall on top of this berm where there's water flowing through, right? So it avoided the water and it bounced further away from the hole into this just horrendous rough. I mean, knee-high, thick blades of, of hay-type grass, right? So the third shot, he's only got six or three yards of the hole, okay? Lots of choices here, lots of choices. Most horrible break ever. And you could tell on the swing it wasn't, again, I, I play golf once in a while, but obviously I'm not out there playing on the PGA Tour. Even though with the name John Daly, no, I am not out there. Uh, at least this John Daly is not out there uh, playing on, the, on these tough courses. But it looked like a little bit of a rough shot. Um, he chunked it into the water that was up in front of him. The one that he avoided where it bounced over off the brick wall, okay? And this long drama came around where he's looking at it, looking at it. He went down the steps of this brick wall, took off his socks and shoes, and stood in the water. He was actually thinking about playing the shot out of the water. About half the ball was up, um, sitting on something, okay? It was out of the water a little bit. At that time, uh, they, and he knew about this, the tide was rising. This was an oceanside course, um, and the water would be coming, you know, that little, this little river going through, this little stream, I should say, this little stream um, was going to be rising very soon. And so, you know, he was thinking, thinking, thinking. The circus atmosphere of all these photographers, the paparazzi, so to speak, of climbing over on the edge to his right, um, trying to get down to get this perfect picture, right? And they were climbing down this brick wall, and it was chaos. I mean... And he thought about, and he kind of laughed about it, too, because they showed this one little image of him laughing. Um, if one of those photographers fell into the water, right, he, they could have caused enough water uh, movement to move the ball, and it definitely would have caused him problems. So he was kind of chuckling about this, and they were going really crazy. The announcers were just like, I've never seen anything like this before. He decided to pick the ball up, take the penalty, take the drop, um, and so... It was one of those things that it was probably the best decision, obviously, um, with all the other things going on, okay? Uh, and his fifth shot, so remember, the fourth shot is the penalty. The fifth shot uh, was a drop. He hit into the bunker, okay? And now he, off the bunker shot, he came up eight feet short from the pin. So he needed, um, he needed that putt, I believe, to get into a tie. So if he hold the bunker shot, he would have won the tournament. Okay, um, so he had to hit this pretty long eight-foot putt just to get into the playoff. Okay, because he had already lost his lead, right? Uh, and he did. He made it. 
and I think there was just a huge exhale from him. He was very excited. He, he acted like he won it with just the emotion and everything. Um, but they went on to tell the story of how he took a real long time. He went back to the hotel room, which I think is right there on the course, changed his clothes, came back out for the it's a four-hole playoff, um, and really kind of lost his mojo. It really kind of started sinking in as far as what just happened and everything. Um, you know, it really kind of hit him. Um, and he went on to uh, lose in the playoff. But just the overall story, again, the main part, he didn't hide from this. He wasn't ashamed. Of course, he wanted to, you know, if he could go back, he would. But he mentioned something about um, how life is so much more than just golf, right? The, the humor, the sadness, the tears, the amazing shots, the bad luck, all part of life, right? Not just a golf tournament. And he handled this so well. He gave his best, and he, that's what the point he was hanging on is, I tried my best, I tried to do what I thought was right at the time, or I had to decide, you know, and it really comes down to being a game, you know, it really said, you know, um, it's not going to, he's not going to let this define him, and I don't think he has. Um, he went on to play in the Ryder Cup that year, um, uh, it was one of those things, I don't know how much more he won, how much more he played, but um, he is really embracing this, telling the story and not hiding from it, which is awesome, okay? And he mentioned, he was talking about this in this interview. He said, you could go home and hide in the cupboard, right? Or you can get up the next day and fight again. And that's what he did. He says, Carnoustie was just a small part of his life. It isn't his whole life, okay? Um, and the funny thing in this clip, the, the following year, he shot a commercial where he played that 18th hole only with a putter, okay? And he ended up with a six, <laughs> which is better than... You know, the seven that he had that, you know, he needed a six to win, I think it was. Um, and he and he hit, he made a six using a putter every shot on the 18th hole. Um, he, you know, he owns what happened. That's a, that's another key point. He owns what happened, right? He's not blaming anybody else. He's not blaming the caddy. Um, just an amazing story of how, um, you know, he, he laughed at himself, basically, which I think we all need to do. Um, but it just goes to show you that on a grand stage, in front of millions of people with what some people think are the highest stakes around and you lose, um, you come up short, there are still lessons, there are still um, ways to learn from that. And, you know, watching soccer, watching tennis, watching golf, it, just think, again, you don't have to like any of these sports at all. And you don't even have to be a sports fan, right? But if you put the same time into what you're passionate about, that these athletes have put into what they're passionate about, there's a great lesson there. There's a great lesson there of not letting things stop you. Failure, embarrassment, right? Running into brick walls. What What is it that you're fired up about? What is it that you're passionate about? Okay? Take the lessons from sports and other things of people that have done great things, tried great things, failed greatly, right? This is not just failing at home with nobody watching. Right? This is failing in front of millions of people. And then again, the story is recanted year after year after year. And here is um, this gentleman taking advantage of, you know what, yeah, that is my story. I'm owning it. It's part of who I am. It doesn't define me. It's not all of who I am. Because I'm going to share it. I'm going I'm to reach out and connect with people and talk about it. I just think that's amazing. Absolutely amazing. So again, what is it that you're passionate about? And do you have... Um, you know, the guts to own it? Do you have the guts to um, get up after you fail and keep trying and not giving up 
and I, and I love this. It really struck me as, for me personally, to keep going, to keep going with these podcasts, to keep going, reaching out, connecting with people, interviewing people, uh, to keep becoming a better teacher, a better basketball coach, um, to keep uh, this dream alive of, of writing a book or two, of speaking, of you know developing online classes. This is something that really got me intrigued more and more, and it's kind of stoking the flames a little bit when I see stories like this. Um, so again, just want to share that with you. Hope we found some value in that. But again, I will try and find the link uh, for part of the story. And the, if you get the, the chance to watch, it was a Golf Channel special. Um, it just it was an hour long. It really went through some behind the scenes things about this story of John Vandeveld that just really was amazing uh, and overcoming. And again, you don't have to like golf, but if you watch that and you just put yourself in the shoes of that 18th hole and doing what he did and just the craziness of it how would you respond you know and how do you respond to those things in your life okay so again hope this helps hope it gets you thinking hope you get some lessons from it uh, really appreciate everybody listening and uh, chiming in keep in touch let me know how i can help uh, find me over on facebook at coach to expect success and over on twitter at coach to success on instagram coach john daly and on my website, coachtoexpectsuccess.com. You can find your way over the homepage there. Uh, there's a uh, little form you can fill out to get in touch with me and do anything you need to do. Okay? Everybody, take care.